the field yeah. trials, I think, is fascinating. And I think what you're touching on is there's a um, there's like a technology innovation piece to this, which is building a technology that can solve yep. the problem that we're focusing on, right? And then, of course, there's the supply chain piece of you know you could build the tech, you could build the solution, but you've got to get it to your point, Emily, into the hands of the kids who who really need it. And obviously, the yep. field trials was was you need to get it into the hands of the kids to to test it but it's you're very much testing an innovative early stage solution yeah, so how did it's a prototype yeah right how did that work because you had these five finalists and um i remember you so xprize put out this really great video um which kind of dug into this a little bit and you have these these people on motorbikes who are like driving out to all of these different villages oh, yeah. uh, walk through how that you so see google give you a big stack of of pixel c tablets um, yep. what did you do to get it into the hands of those kids? How did you go about that? <sighs> okay. <laughs> so, well, first of all, you talked way back in 2014, you said we didn't know what country it was going to be in. So you got to rewind back to say, right. um, we had to talk to governments around the world and particularly we were looking at sub-Saharan Africa and India mm. and we ended up having, um, well, first it was which countries did we think would be a good place to run a field test. And that's a number of factors like uh, stability, um, transition of power between elections, um, yeah. accessibility yeah, for both wanna, boys and girls. You don't want it in a war zone, for example, or, or yeah, the risk exactly. of a war breaking out partway through the field trials, right? Yeah. Yeah. One of the places at first we were looking at Nigeria, but this was in the Boko Haram time. And we just thought this is too risky. We don't want to put the children at risk. We don't want to, you know, it's just. Right. Um, so all those sort of features we were thinking through. And we also wanted to make sure that the country, you know, they were our host, that they wanted us there. So we ultimately had about three countries that were really interested in saying, please come into our country. So then we looked at other things like um, which language would it be? Was there some uniformity of a language that children would all know? Because we yeah. know kids learn the best in a language that they already are familiar with. Um, so a place like, for example, South Africa, where they have, um, you know, more than a dozen languages yeah. that are spoken. Um, so we wanted something that was that had a more uniform language. Um, so part of that, once we decided on Tanzania and had agreements, was uh, making sure there were enough children that were out of school, but but safety for the children, enough nutrition for the children, because we know right. if kids don't have access to food, you can have the best software in the world, but they have to have some baseline of nutrition. To yeah, they're hungry, learn. right? Mm -hmm. And that's more yeah. important than learning. I imagine. Yeah. Well, and the two are, I mean, <laughs> they're tied connected. in. Right. Yeah. I mean, you need both. Uh, Eat a so, good breakfast, everybody. That's the moral yeah. of the story for today. Yeah, so. that's true for everybody. Right. If that's the one thing you take away from this podcast. <laughs> that's it. Nothing else. Um, but this, I mean, this is why schools in the United States will provide, there's free breakfast for free lunch programs. We know that, that kids have to be able to have food. There's yeah. so many issues here. This is why, you know, XPRIZE looks at, we take one piece of something. So mm. that, you know, people can get overwhelmed with trying to solve all of it at once. Um, but if we can take a piece of it and say, okay, here's what we know that if a kid has at least basic level of nutrition, yeah. that they have, you know, they're not in a war zone um, and we can build enough infrastructure to test if this is there, what will happen? Right. So we want to create that environment, but make it enough so that we could take lessons out of this to say, okay, but what about when you do go into a war zone? Because we, we don't want to... You know, we want we don't want to leave any children out because mm. especially those who are most in need and who have interrupted education and who will presumably hopefully grow up someday to want to fix the challenges in their one community. Yeah. You know, to, to yeah. make it so there isn't war there to rebuild after there is some sort of devastation in an area. Yeah. So we wanted so but for us, we needed to have 
you know, 15 months of testing, a community that wanted it there, um, some stability for the children. So once we had all of that, we identified also we had to make sure because it's a competition. So this is not a humanitarian intervention. This is something that was a challenge throughout, really, that most people think, oh, if you're bringing literacy to children, this is a humanitarian quest. Yes. But but really, it's a field test within a competition. Right. So we had to make sure that there was equal distribution, that our five finalist teams across these villages, that they had equal number of boys and girls, nomadic communities and, and non-nomadic communities, um, the ages of the children, um, all the things we could do. So did you, it uh, it, let's say you had a one village, just an uh, just a random example. Imagine you mm -hmm. have a typical village. How many kids would typically be in one of those villages? Well, so that would range anywhere from, I think uh, the standard, I'd have to look back exactly, but it had to have more than, I think it was four or five eligible okay. children, but it would range from, so say five to about 25. Oh, okay. Okay. But because you had that range, we worked with a group, RTI International, who's really kind of the, the gold standard of assessment and, and USAID uses them, et cetera. Right. Um, so they were also really helping us to make sure that if one team had, meaning our competing team, had a village that had 25 and a village of five, that each team would have a village of 25 and a village of five. Oh, so you're I controlling see. for all of those factors. The best that we, I mean, it's human beings, obviously. So it's not a, you know, in a lab, a scientific yeah. study, but, yep. um, or things like some of the communities were, um, on the coast. So they were fishing villages and some were in mountainous regions. So we need to distribute all those different things right, equally right. amongst the teams. Um, then from there, we had to find structures, um, that could hold a solar charging, uh, panel. So in a few places we had to build such a structure, but many places it was in a, a house or some sort of structure that was already there in the community. We installed solar charging stations and a, um, basically looks like a cabinet where you could store all of the tablets for that community and charge them. Right. Um, these tablets, uh, the software is designed to be used offline. That was a question we got a lot. People said, Hey, by 2019, when you close this, everyone's going to have internet. Uh, so, but right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's still not true. <laughs> yeah, um, I was going to say. And again, particularly thinking about that, we are looking for areas that are, you know, the kids most in need hmm. because, pe you know, people ask all the time, you know, well, what about we have children in need in, you know, United States and of course. And so our idea is this can, if it can work in these areas where they don't have connectivity, they don't have the infrastructure, they have all these challenges, we believe that other communities, once they right. see it works, will be able to do 